Cantos forty to forty two of Book Three of the Ramayan of Balmiki Translated by Ralph T. H. Griffith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Om One Two Three. Canto forty, Ravan's speech. But Ravan scorned the reed he gave, in timely words to one and save. Even as the wretch who hates to leave rejects the harp the leeches give. By fate to sin and ruin's part, that sage advice the giant heart, then in reproaches hard and stern, touch the maricha spoke in turn. Is this thy counsel, weak and base, unworthy of thy giant race? Thy speech is fruitless, vain thy toil, like casting seed on barren soil. The words of thine shall drive me back from Rama and the swift attack. A fool is he in yacht to sin, and more of human origin. The craven at a woman's call to leave his sire, his mother, all. The friends he loved, the power and sway, and hastened to the woods away. But now his anger will I rouse, stealing away his darling spouse. I in thy side will ravish her from Kara's cruel murderer. Upon this plan my soul is bent, and naught shall move my form intent, not if the way through demons led, and guards with Indra with their head. It is thine when questioned to explain the hope and fear, the loss and gain. And when thy king thy thoughts would know, the triumph or the danger show. A prudent counsellor should wait, and speak when ordered in debate, with hands uplifted, calm and meek, if honour and reward he seek. Or when some prudent cause he sees, which, spoken, may his king displease, he should by hints of dexterous art his counsel to his lord impart. But prudent words are said in vain, when the blunt speech brings grief and pain. A high-souled king will scarcely thank the man who shames his royal rank. Five are the shapes that kings assume, of majesty, of grace and gloom, like Indra now or Agni now, like the dear moon with placid brow, like mighty Barun now they show, now fierce as he who rules below. O giant, monarch's lofty souled, are kind and gentle, stern and bold. With gracious love their gifts dispense, and swiftly punish each offence. Those subjects should their rulers view, with all respect and honour due. But folly leads thy heart to slight, thy monarch and neglect his right. Thou hast in lawless pride addressed, with bitter words, thy royal guest. I ask thee not my strength to scan, or loss or profit in the plan. I only spoke to tell the deed, O mighty one, by me decreed, and bid thee in the peril land, thy succour to support thy friend. Hear me again, and I will tell how thou canst aid my venture well. In semblance of a golden deer, adorned with silver drops, appear, and near the cottage in the way, of Rama 
and disconsolate stray. Draw nigh and wandering through the brake, with thy strange form half fancy take, the mortal dame with wandering eyes will took upon thy fair disguise. And quickly bid her husband go, and bring the deer that charms her so. When Ragu's son has left the place, still pressing onward in the chase, cry out, O Lakshman, ah, mine own, with voice resembling Rama's tone. When Lakshman hears his brother's cry, impelled by Sita, he will fly, restless with eager love, to aid the hunter in the distant shade. When both her gods have left her side, even as Indra, thousand-eyed, clasps Sachi, while I bear away, the mental dame an easy prey. When thou, my friend, this aid hast lent, go where thou wilt, and leave content. True servant, faithful to thy vow, with half my realm I thee endow. Go forth, may luck thy way attend, that leads thee to the happy end. I in my car will quickly be, in Dandagood, and follow thee. So will I cheat this Rama's eyes, and win without a blow the prize, and safe return to Lanka's town, which thee, my friend, this day shall crown. But if thou wilt not aid my will, my hand this day thy blood shall spill. Here thou must share the destined task, for force will take the help I ask. No bliss that revels life attends, whose stubborn will his lord offends. Thy life, if thou the task essay, in jeopardy may stand. Oppose me, and this very day thou diest by this hand. Now ponder all that thou hast heard within thy prudent breast. Reflect with care on every word, and do what seems the best. Canto 41. Maricha's Reply Against his judgment, sorely pressed, by his imperious lord's behest, Maricha treats of death defied, and does with bitter words replied. Ah, who, oh, my king, with sinful thought, this wild and wicked counsel taught, by which destruction soon will fall on thee, thy sons, thy realm, and all. Who is the guilty wretch who sees, with envious eye, thy blissful ease, and by this plan, so falsely shown, death's gate for thee has open thrown? With souls impelled by mean desire, thy foes against thy life conspire. They urge thee to destruction's brink, and gladly would they see thee sink. Who would base thought to walk thee war? This fatal road has dared to show, And triumph in his wicked eye, Would see thee enter in and die. To all thy counsellors untrue, The punishment of death is due. Who see thee tempt the dangerous way, Nor strain each nerve thy foot to stay. Wise lords whose king by passion led, The path of sin begins to tread. Restrain him while there yet is time, But dine, they see nor heed the crime. These, by their master's will, obtain Merit and fame and joy and gain. It is only by their master's grace That servants hold their lofty place. 
but when the monarch stoops to sin they lose its joy they strive to win and all the people people high and low fall in the common overthrow merit and fame and honour spring best of the mighty from the king so all should strive with heart and will to keep the king from every ill pride violence and sullen hate will never maintain a monarch's state and those who cruel deeds advise must perish when their master dies like drivers with their cars overthrown in places rough with root and stone the good whose holy lives were spent on duty's highest laws intent with wives and children many a time have perished for another's crime hapless are they whose sovereign lord opposed to all by all avowed is cruel-hearted harsh severe does mighty jackal tend the deer now all the giant race await destroyed by thee a speedy fate ruled by a king so cruel sold foolish in heart and uncontrolled take not i fear the sudden blow that threatens now to lay me low i mourn the ruin that i see impending over thy host and thee me first by chance will rama kill but soon his hand thy blood will spill i die and if by rama slain and not by thee i count it gain soon as the hero's face i see his angry eyes will murder me and if on her thy hands thou lay thy friends and thou are dead this day if with my help thou still must dare the lady from her lord to tear farewell to all our days are over lanka and giants are no more in vain in vain an honest friend i warn thee king and pray thou wilt not to my prayers attend or heed the words i say so man when life is fleeting fast and that sad hour is nigh heedless and blinded to the last reject advice and die canto forty two maricha transformed maricha does in wild unrest with beating words the king addressed then to his giant lord in dread arise and let us go he said ah i have met that mighty lord armed with his shafts and bow and sword and if again that bow he bend our lives that very hour will end for none that warrior can provoke and think to fly his deadly stroke like yama with his stuff is he and his dread hand will slaughter thee what can i more my words can find no passage to thy stubborn mind i go great king thy task to share and may success attend thee there with that reply and bold consent the giant king was well content he strained maricha to his breast and thus with joyful words addressed there spoke a hero dauntless steel obedient to his master's will maricha's proper self once more samada took thy shape before come mount my jewelled car that flies will governed 
through the yielding skies these asses goblin faced shall bear us quickly through the fields of air attract the lady with thy shape then through the wood at will escape and i when she has no defence will seize the dame and bear her tents again maricha made reply consent and will to signify with rapid speed the giants too from the calm hermit dwelling flew born in that wondrous chariot meet for some great god's celestial seat they from the airy path looked down on many a wood and many a town on lake and river brook and rill city and realm and towering hill soon he whom giant hosts obeyed maricha by his side surveyed the dark expanse of dundagood where rama's hermit cottage stood they left the flying car whereon the wealth of gold and jewels shone and thus the giant king addressed maricha as his hand he pressed maricha look before our eyes round rama's home the plantains rise his hermitage is now in view quick to the walk we came to do thus ravan spoke and maricha heard obedient to his master's word threw off his giant shape and near the cottage strayed a beauteous deer with magic power by rapid change his borrowed form was fair and strange a sapphire tipped each horn with light his face was black relieved with white the turkeys and the ruby shed a glory from his ears and head his arching neck was proudly raised and legulite beneath it blazed with roseate bloom his flanks were dyed and lotus tints adorned his hide his shape was fair compact and slight his hoofs were carven legulite his tail with every changing glow displayed the hues of inra's bow with glossy skin so strangely flecked the tints of every gem bedecked a light over rama's home he sent and through the wood wherever he went the giant clad in that strange dress that took the soul with loveliness to charm the fair bidehan's eyes with mingled wealth of mineral dyes moved onward cropping in his way the grass and grain and tender spray his coat with drops of silver bright he formed to gaze on with delight he raised his fair neck as he went to browse on bud and filament now in the casia grove he strayed now by the cot in plantain shade slowly and slowly on he came to catch the glances of the dame and the tall deer of splendid hue shone full at length in sita's view he roamed wherever his fancy chose where rama's leafy cottage rose now near now far in careless ease he came and went among the trees now with light feet he turned to fly now reassured again drew nigh now gambled close with leap and bound now lay upon the grassy ground now sought the door devoid of fear and mingled with the troop of deer led them a little away and tense again returned with confidence 
now flying far, now turning back, emboldened on his former track, seeking to win the lady's glance, he wandered through the green expanse, then thronging round the woodland deer, gazed on his form with wondering fear. A while they followed where he led, then stuffed the train gale and fled. The giant, though he longed to slay, the startled quarry spared the prey, and mindful of the shape he wore, to veil his nature still forbore. Then Sita of the glorious eye, returning from her task, drew nigh. For she had sought the oot to bring its loveliest flower of early spring. Now would the bright-eyed lady choose some gorgeous bud with blending hues. Now plucked the mango spray, and now the bloom from an Ashoka bough. She with her beauteous form unmeet for woodland life and lone retreat. That wondrous dappled deer beheld, jammed with rich pearls unparalleled. His silver hair the lady saw, his radiant tit and lips and jaw, and gazed with rapture as her eyes expanded in their glad surprise. And when the false deer's glances fell on her whom Rama loved so well, he wandered here and there and cast a luminous beauty as he passed. And Janak's child with strange delight kept gazing on the unwanted sight. End of Cantos forty, forty one, and forty two.